Section 30 of Christmas and Christmas Lore. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jamie Church. Christmas and Christmas Lore by Thomas G. Crippen. Christmas Eve. We have already referred to Christmas Eve as the accredited time for placing the seasonable decorations, evergreens, etc., both in house and church. This, though the most obvious, was not the only preparation for the feast which was more or less tinged with superstition. In many places, especially in Scotland, before the Reformation, it was almost a matter of religious obligation to emphasize the holiday aspect of the season. On Christmas Eve, the house must be thoroughly cleaned, all borrowed articles returned, all tools laid aside, no lint allowed to remain on rock or wheel, and such work as could not be completed was stopped, and as far as possible made to look as if it were complete. Finally, a cake was baked for every person in the house, and if anyone's cake happened to be broken, it was an omen of ill luck to the person for whom that cake was intended. These cakes were usually flavored with caraway, and their circular or annular form has been thought to indicate a survival from the heathen sun-worship of Yuletide. There are many customs in many countries relating to Christmas cakes, most of which seem to be survivals of old-time superstitions. Not much of this would seem to attach to the Christmas cake of East Yorkshire, just an ordinary spiced cake with raisins, currants, lemon peel, etc., or to the wigs or caraway buns, which in Shropshire were dipped in ale. But in other places, Yule Dows were given by bakers to their customers, small images of paste, human or animal in form. Such are common in many parts of France and Germany. Sometimes the cakes actually represent the holy child. Elsewhere they are oblong, adorned with his figure in sugar. In many places the cakes are horned, and French plowmen give to the poor as many of them as they have oxen or horses. In some parts of Catholic Germany, magical powers are ascribed to bread baked on Christmas Eve and moistened with Christmas dew. This, it is said, will never grow moldy, and is a cure for snake-bites. The notion seems to be associated with the antiphon Rorate coeli duciper, i.e., drop down dew, ye heavens, from above, etc., which is sung at Vespers during Advent. A similar superstition is found in the south of France, and in the Italian Tyrol, in Sweden and Denmark, a cake in the form of a boar stands on the table throughout the festive season, evidently connected with the cultus of the boar's head, of which we have to treat hereafter. In Poland, monks bring round small wafers of flour and water, stamped with sacred figures, and blessed by a priest. Christmas Eve is a strict fast, but when the first star appears, the feasting begins. A few straws are scattered under the table, and a chair is left vacant for the holy child. All the members of the household, servants included, break the aforesaid wafers between them, exchanging mutual good wishes. After supper, the children are led to another room, where Father Christmas, or, as he is called in Poland, the Star Man, 
appears in his proper person. He is often the parish priest in disguise. He examines them in the catechism, reproves those who give wrong answers, and tells the rest that he has brought them rewards for their good conduct. These are brought in by young lads who carry a large illuminated paper star and sing carols. In Romania, the traditional Christmas cakes are thin, dry leaves of dough eaten with honey, syrup, or other flavoring. These are supposed to represent the swaddling clothes of the holy child. In Greece, the Christmas cake has a cross at the top. After supper on the sacred eve, nothing is removed from the table in the hope that Christ will come and eat during the night. Analogous to this was an old Welsh custom of unbolting all the outer doors on Christmas Eve in case the Holy Family should wish to enter. Christmas Eve being a fast in Roman Catholic countries, fish is in great demand. At Hamburg and other parts of Germany, and in Styria, carp is eaten for supper. In Saxony and Thuringia, herring salad. In Brittany, cod. In Italy, eels are especially popular. At White Stable in Kent, the fishermen were accustomed to choose eight of the largest whiting from every boat. These were sold separately, and their price reserved for a feast on Christmas Eve in honor of St. Rumbald, the supposed patron of the fishery. Naturally, the eve came to be called Rumbald's Night. A similar custom is said to have been obtained at Folkestone. Most schoolboys remember the story of a king who died of indigestion, caused by eating too greedily of lamprey pie. By ancient custom, a lamprey pie is annually presented to the king at Christmas by the city of Gloucester. The custom is sometimes costly, as lampreys are often difficult to procure at that season. The Gloucester custom reminds us of numerous local traditions relating to Christmas pies. We shall have something to say hereafter on the English medieval pie, it may suffice here to mention that the more ordinary pie was supposed to occupy the attention of the housewife on Christmas Eve, and that, if we may believe Herrick, the holy season did not always afford it adequate protection from hungry and predacious members of the professionally unemployed. He bids us, Come guard this night the Christmas pie, that the thief, though ne'er so sly, with this flesh-hook don't come nigh to catch it. From him who alone sits there, with his eye still in his ear, and a deal of nightly fear to watch it. In Tyrol, on St. Thomas's Day, an elaborate pie is baked, which is marked with the sign of the cross, and sprinkled with holy water, before it is put in the oven. It is not eaten till St. Stephen's Day, or Epiphany, when it is cut by the housefather with considerable ceremony. Each maidservant also has a pie which she takes home to share with her kinfolk. If a lover offers to carry her pie, that is understood to be a proposal, which she accepts or not, according to the circumstances. End of section 30. Recording by Jamie Church.